Welcome to DealCast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham, a business journalist who's been covering M&A for a decade. In this episode, we're looking at M&A in the Asia-Pacific region, rounding up the big trends of 2022 and looking at what we can expect to see in this new year, 2023. I'm joined by the Managing Editor for the APAC region for M&A and ECM, Yiqing Wang. Hi, Yiqing. Thanks very much for joining me today. Thanks, Juliana. It's my pleasure. So can we start off with a roundup of M&A and APAC in 2022? What was the overall picture and what were the highlights? Sure. In 2022, for APAC, it's actually pretty much in line with the global M&A downward trend, I would say. Um, the deal value has dropped by about 30% from 1.3 trillion US dollars in the previous year. Well, although we kick off the, the year pretty strong in Q1, seeing quite a lot of mega deals, including the Indian lender HDFC's um, 60 billion U.S. dollar acquisitions of HDF and uh, a few Chinese SOE reform deals in the mining space. However, when the year uh, entered the second quarter, the M&A deal makings kind of lost its momentum with the major countries tightening their monetary measures to control the inflation. Uh, of course, Russia's invasion in Ukraine and uh, obviously China's prolonged uh, COVID zero policy and disrupted supply chains have all made uh, the deal makers in this region become more hesitant. And can you talk through some of the specific countries in the region uh, and explain why they stood out? Sure. Um, it's been a record year for India, especially, um, which appears to be the only major market, uh, which witnessed a rebound in 2022 in APAC. Uh, I think that's thanks to the, um, strong balance sheet by the Indians top conglomerates as, you know, they are the acquirers, uh, for all the top deals, uh, in India, as well as, um, the country has been benefited by the global PEs moving their focus away from China. Uh, so the growth engine actually showed great momentum in the PE activities in the te- te- technology se- sectors and financial sectors in particular. Uh, although there is uh, also there is much activities in the pharma and biotech sectors in that region. Uh, another highlight will be China. Um, China remains to be the number one country in APAC, but notably that uh, its portion of the total APAC deal-making volume has uh, fell to um, by 39% from an average of close to 50% uh, in the almost the past 10 years. Uh, and this is largely hurt by the, the lockdowns that I mentioned and, you know, the domestic real estate crisis um, throughout the year makers um, chose to hold the fires in the past year. Uh, of course, a major factor is uh, the fear for the regulatory uncertainties also uh, play a key role in the year when there was a key political event, the 20th Party Congress was held. And, you know, the China's 20th New Politburo and uh, the Standing Committee were announced. Um, other places in APEC, like Japan and Australia, um, also failed to reach the previous year's height in terms of deal making. 
um, Southeast Asia, also quite important uh, region, also see an absence of the SPAC deal this year. Um, and the went a decline in the in the deal making, but technology and uh, infra and, and energy deals are still going to remain stable in uh, Southeast Asia countries. Great, thank you. So, can we look now at the deal making challenges and the risks that the region faces, please? Oh, of course, yeah. Um, valuation disparity uh, between the buyer and the seller has been, you know sitting in the center of the negotiation, um, putting a lot of deals uh, at risk, especially the uh, volatility in the global capital markets and, you know, the growing uncertainties in companies' financial performance outlook in front of a, a potential upcoming recession globally uh, has been the main reason. Um, a highlight will be Australia, for example, um, has seen quite a few active um, deal pipelines in 2022, but uh, many deep, big deals that did not really go ahead. Uh, for example, we've seen KKR's 21 billion US dollar proposed buyout of the of Ramsey Healthcare, uh, which was supposed to be Australia's largest deal of the year, uh, was eventually killed, being killed after you know both parties failed to reach alignment. Uh, in the valuation. Uh, also, according to uh, due logic data, the number of the completed deals in Australia uh, falls to the lowest level since 2009. So a lot of challenges to, to get a deal down in that region. Um, this is also impacting the financial sponsors strategy um, to making um, big buyout deal um, on the back of the, the growing cost in the borrowing and financing deal uh, perspectives, the PEs focused more on the buyout side have been more reluctant to make decisions. So the PE buyout deal values also dropped by 56% in the region. Uh, Of course, India and Japan was a bit exception from that. Thank you. So now looking ahead to 2023, it's the start of the year. What does the year hold and how will some of those trends that you've talked about continue through into this year ahead? Actually, we've seen the top three APEC um, PE buyout deals all happened with Japanese assets as targets, um, such as the KKR and uh, Hitachi Transport Systems, almost a six billion US dollar deal. Um, and we've also been following a, a, a few Deals which is under the final stage, including uh, a Toshiba Corporation's potential 10.6 billion sale to JIP. Uh, so uh, still a lot of things going on uh, in Japan. Another place that we want to have a lot of, uh, it's going to be in the spotlight is China. Uh, although the geopolitical tension continues to rise and it's being a little bit eased with the China and the U.S. conflict tension. There was less uncertainty around China's regulatory crackdowns in the key sectors. Uh, as we see, the new Politburo secured a third turn for President Xi. Uh, and more importantly, China finally lifting up its three-year self-posed COVID restrictions and uh, you know finally opening up the board from January the 8th. Um, so we expect to see 
a few ongoing Greater China focused deals,、uh, which has been put on hold for many、uh, times in the past year, to move forward、um, with a deal agreement likely to be. Conclude in Q1 or Q2, probably Q2, because the you know the the lifting of the opening up policy is playing as a kind of a double-edged sword as there are infections going to play out in um um in Q1 as the peak is start、uh, is starting to come. Um, so we expect a gradual recovery of China's、uh, deal making momentum and you know as well as China's economy, but we need. Uh, still need a bit of patience to see the investors' confidence to come back in this region, and I think it's really exciting to to remains to be seen the actual stimulus steps、uh, to for the country to help shift the focus to the growth track with eased、uh, disruption in the supply chains. Great, Yiqing. Thanks very much. That was Yiqing Wang. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Dealcast, presented by Merger Market and SS and C Intralinks. Please rate, review, and follow the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or look out for your Merger Market news alert. For more information, have a look at our show notes. Join us next week for another episode.